0: In today's episode, we'll be talking about worry, anxiety, fear, limiting beliefs and why they are so damn sticky and most importantly, the solution to that, how to shift to more empowering emotions, beliefs um, and a overall general state of being. So we all know what we technically on paper need to do in order to manifest our dream life and get what we want and take action in our business right on an intellectual perspective you probably know and you've probably um, read or heard a gazillion times that you need to embody the energy of someone who already has what you want or you need to think positive or you need to believe that what you want is available to you or you need to let go and surrender of worry and accept things as they are and ask yourself well what if I do get what I want or what if the best case scenario actually happens. So on paper sounds pretty easy. In reality you and I and millions of other people um, notice that sometimes it is very 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 hard to move away from that state of being. It's actually way easier to stay in a specific state, even though we know it's not helpful, than actually engage and spend all of the energy to bring ourselves to a higher vibration. Um, So if we wake up with anxiety or worry or overwhelm about stuff we need to get done during that day, or about, I don't know, something we've been wanting to sell for a long time, but it's not selling, or clients, wanting clients, etc. We technically know that we could, you know, I don't know, do five jumping jacks and have a run around the block and come back and be like, I am abundant, I am the master of my destiny, Uh, abundance is available to me, I can have whatever I want, right? We know that we could do it, but the reason we don't, it's because it is a fact that it takes a lot of energy to shift our energy. It takes a lot of energy to kind of fight against these constant thoughts or just the general state of being we are in to a higher vibration state of being. And the main question we're going to answer in this episode is why? Why is it so hard? Because when you understand why that is, you have so many more tools in your hands to actually find the solution, find a way out of it. And even if it's not instantaneous, which is which it rarely is, you will at least have a clear path of action steps you can take that are not exhausting on the nervous system to get you closer to this higher vibration state of being. Because, again, let's repeat it if it was easy. Even if it wasn't that easy but relatively okay, if we could just shift our energy just like we, you know, change clothes, of course that we would all be doing it. And the reason why it's not happening is because the amount of energy it takes to do that the matter-to-matter way, like using our five limited senses... Is actually huge, and that what that is why so many people in this life never change. That what that is why so many people, even though they know they have unhealthy patterns or they don't actually really like their life, they don't really do something about it. It's because it's tough. So we need to understand something fundamental. Well, we need to understand three things. So first your body becomes your mind. Second, your subconscious mind is programmed like a computer. And third, neuroplasticity. So we're going to talk about these three things. First of all, your body body becoming your mind. Dr. Joe talks about this extensively in his books, in, par- in particular in the book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. It's a life-changing book, very pleasant to read, very insightful, so I highly recommend that you read it. But to basically summarize his main point, and he would explain it way more eloquently than I will ever, but you know, um, to summarize his main point, he often says, don't let your body become your mind. And what he means by that is, as we live our daily life as human beings our body and our brain releases chemicals, which is very normal and it's not a bad thing, right? So we release oxytocin, endorphins, cortisol, uh, all kinds of chemicals depending on what emotions we are feeling. So if we are under a lot of stress, it's going to be cortisone. cortisone. Oxytocin is the hormone of, you know, love and bonding. Uh, When you exercise it's dopamine, right? I think dopamine, I'm pretty sure. Like when you get that exercise high or after you've had a pretty intense workout, it's dopamine, etc, etc. All of those are chemicals, right? Chemicals in our body produced by our body. Now, if we move away from that for just a second and take a look at other chemicals, like the chemicals present in drugs or alcohols or even sugar or foods or whatever you can think of, we do know that chemicals can become addictive, right? So we can become addicted to sugar, we can become addicted to cocaine, to weed, to alcohol and to, uh, you know, salty stuff, to all sorts of different chemicals because that's just, you know, how nature works. Now, if we can get addicted to alcohol, to the chemical chemicals of alcohol or the chemicals in, you know, any specific drug or medication... We can also get addicted to chemicals produced and released by our own bodies. So Dr. Joe talks about this so, so much and it is fascinating. So let's say that you grew up in a household where there was a lot of stress or worry about various issues. It doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really matter what. Well, first of all, as you are in your mom's um, belly or if, you know, you did not grow up uh, with people, if you did not grow up with your biological parents, if your parents or caregivers or whoever, you know, was present when you were a child tend to worry a lot. Well, if you were in the womb, you're already as a baby going to get a significant amount of of those chemicals around you just like babies in their mom's stomachs can get addicted to alcohol if the mom is an alcoholic. So right off the bath, right off the bat, Sorry, before you are even born, you can technically get addicted to the chemical of worrying or anxiety or fear, which is cortisol. And even if it comes later in a household, is if it's the main energy and the main vibration, it is very um, likely that we are going to pick up on similar emotions and similar chemicals. Now, if we are constantly in a state of fear, worry or anxiety, or not feeling good enough, every single emotion, good or bad, that we feel is going to have a very specific chemical associated to it, right? So feeling not good enough, or feeling worthless, or not really knowing what we want to do, kind of feeling meh all the time, or feeling depressed, all of those have very specific chemicals, And we can get addicted to those chemicals. Now, what happens when someone is addicted to a substance? They need a constant supply of that substance. Otherwise, their body goes into withdrawal. And can an alcoholic go without alcohol for a few hours, maybe a few days? Yes. But as the more time goes by without them getting, you know... Alcohol, the more agitated they get because their body is going to crave the substance, more specifically the chemical. Same goes with any emotion. So if our habitual emotion is just a slight state of worry, so it doesn't mean we are heavily depressed or we don't have panic, panic, panic attacks like we're usually living a happy, healthy life, but there's always a bit of worry. What is my mom going to think of dinner? Uh, Will I pass my exams? Did that report I submitted at work, was it good enough? Am I going to get in time at my appointment? Are my kids doing well in school? Um, Is my sister-in-law happy? Like, constant slight state of worry. Let's say that you now, you know, listen to manifestation podcast and you're like okay i'm going to embody that version of me who already has everything she wants or everything he wants worry free careless uh feeling at peace etc etc if we do it on a conscious level first hour goes by everything is fun and game second hour third hour maybe one day two days maybe three days but we're going to get to a point where our body is going to crave the chemical, the specific chemical of that slight state of worry we used to be in. When that happens, and it's mainly a subconscious mechanism, we are going to start to want or be attracted to or attract circumstances in our life that are going to trigger that slight state of worry. Just like when we are an alcoholic We don't say, oh, I've been doing so well after three days of not having alcohol. I'm going to ruin everything and have a glass of wine or whatever. No, an alcoholic who's trying to stop drinking and who has succeeded for one or two or three days, the thoughts that are going to go on in his mind is probably, oh, I actually can do this. I don't think my addiction is so bad. I can probably just have half a glass. It's going to be okay. Your mind will trick you into thinking that you're good you're not doing anything bad that you're actually sticking with your goal or your morals or values because your mind and your body have one goal and that goal is to succeed (laughs) for you to, to be successful in you taking that substance again so it's going to rationalize it rationalize it in many ways so to come back to a constant state of worry if we have been worry-free for a few hours or a few days, our body is going to crave that chemical. So now our body basically hijacks our mind, and either you know shifts our energy or our thoughts, so that so we tend up, um, we end up sorry in a situation where that worry is going to be triggered. So maybe we are going to remember, you know, that friend we haven't talked. To for two years. Well, maybe she actually hates us. Maybe, you know, I fucked up when I said that thing and she stopped talking to me. Maybe I should do something about it. Or that exam or report I submitted one or two months ago or two weeks ago. Maybe I failed. Maybe the reason I haven't heard about it is because, you know, everything is going to shit. So your body will literally hijack your mind in order to get. It's fix. And it's extremely difficult to go against that process because it is mainly subconscious. So, that is reason number one why it is so hard to change. Even though, you know, we want to feel abundant and limitless and free and fulfilled and happy and joyful, if we've been used to for months or years to worry about money or think that we're not good enough even the most, you know, effort and willpower in the world is not going to be enough to compensate for your body hijacking your mind. And it's not a question of willpower. It's just a normal thing. Number two is your subconscious mind works like a computer that gets programmed. So when you program a computer to do something, it will just do it. It won't question, you know, is this a good program is it a bad program it just does it just like i don't know an excel file that is programmed to calculate stuff automatically you just put the data in and then it gives you the result based on what data was put in same with your subconscious mind and more importantly our subconscious mind is basically programmed before between ages zero and seven and the scientific rational explanation for that is actually pretty simple is that our brain can be in different brain wave states so in alpha beta gamma etc you can google it and depending on which brave um, brain wave state you are in your mind will be more or less suggestible to information. So when we are very relaxed for example, uh, we can easily acquire or learn new information because we are in alpha brainwaves or other. When we are in high stress fighting, you know, Uh, with our boss or with someone or just in general fighting for survival as our body would interpret it running around like a headless chicken well that is not a physical state of being to learn and grow. That is a state of being to defend yourself against a potential threat. So when our mind is in high beta, or beta brainwaves in general, it's much more difficult to absorb new information, as that's just not the priority for your body. The priority is fight, flight, and survival. Now what we need to understand is that children between zero, so toddlers, kids, children between ages zero and seven, their brain waves are constantly either in alpha or gamma or delta, I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me um, on this, you can google it, which basically mean that their brain is constantly receptive for information. And that is normal and it makes sense because when we are toddlers, we need to learn so many things. We need to learn how to speak, we need to learn how to walk, how to basically do anything. So it makes sense that. In, that, in those crucial years, your brain and subconscious mind and body absorbed, absorbs a lot of information very fast without questioning that information. Otherwise, it would take us 20 years to learn how to speak and walk and it would be a disaster. So it's a very powerful mechanism so kids can learn fast and learn the things they need to to learn to survive. It also means that any data that is going to be given to kids at that age is going to go straight in without being questioned. So if your parents constantly said rich people uh, have no ethics or living paycheck to paycheck and constantly being worried consciously and and subconsciously that is the program that is getting downloaded in our mind and it's going to stay there. And run its course and influence our beliefs, emotions and actions as long as it is not changed. So we need to understand that, that just like you have a program on how to walk, you also have a program on how you feel about money. And unless you consciously change it, uh, it's just going to do its thing. So unless you consciously change the way you walk, you're just going to continue walking Like you learned how to walk when you were one or two or three, right? There's no reason why it would change as you wake up one day. Same goes with all of your beliefs about everything, including what is available and not available to you. Now, reason number three, why it's so hard to shift fear or worry or limiting beliefs is and obviously with your subconscious mind is that your subconscious mind is meant to keep information and keep programs not change them all of the time because if it changed them all of the time uh, without you wanting that your life would be a mess we would have to relearn everything every day so that's why that if we are programmed to fear to experience fear fear or worry or feel that money is a, a scarce resource that is not going to change unless we try And number three is neuroplasticity. So neuroplasticity is a pretty relatively new concept. It's maybe like a few decades old of how your brain can actually regenerate and create new neurological pathways. So we used to think that if, for example, you get a traumatic brain injury and part of your brain is damaged, that that was it for you. And sorry, Charlie, you would just have to live like that. And now we know that that's not true. Even if part of the brain is damaged, the other parts of the brain will be able, in some cases, of course, depends, to create new new neurological pathways or regenerate or kind of go around the problem in a different path to basically for you to regain function you used to have. What we also need to know about neuroplasticity and neurological pathways is that the more you use a specific neurological pathway the easier it is and the more naturally your body and mind will use it so again when you learn anything new and i can take the examples as a language of the language because it's a very easy example in the beginning learning a new language is pretty challenging because obviously we know nothing so it's very painful you need to like memorize a bunch of stuff it's not so fun it takes a lot of effort, and you would rather not do it or if you are right-handed and you start using your left hand is going to be the same feel very unnatural clumsy would be much easier to use the other hand but if you repeat it enough times over and over again, it starts becoming natural and you soon become proficient if you repeat it enough times, right? If you repeat it enough times to the point that it just creates a very strong neurological pathway, you basically never lose it again. So if you learned a second language when you were very young, it's there and it's not going anywhere. If you you learn how to ride your bike. But other things, if they have not been Uh, acquired to a level that is sufficient. So if you kind of know a second language, but then don't use it for like 10 years, it's going to basically go away because you're not using that neurological pathway. You can think about it like a path in high grass. As you walk in high grass for the first time, it's going to be a bit of a headache, right? You have to do high steps and cut grass and it's going to take time and your feet are going to get caught up in the high grass, blah, blah, blah. The more you walk that path and squish the grass and whatnot, the more a path forms and the easier it is to walk on that path until eventually it becomes a new path in the high grass. Okay, so this is the best analogy I can give you. Meaning that if you have been used to thinking that there are limited resources on this planet or that um, money is not available to you or that you have to sacrifice things in order to be happy or successful, then it's going to become a habitual neurological pathway. And the more you use it, the stronger it gets. And the more your brain is automatically going to go there when assessing a new situation. So when, let's say that now you want to change things and for example, you've had very strong imposter syndrome and you you no longer want to feel imposter syndrome and think like that. Let's say you are confronted to a situation where, I don't know, someone asks you to do public speaking. Well, because your old imposter syndrome neurological pathway is so strong, the first reflex that your body and brain is going to have is go on that old pathway and say, oh my god, I can't do this, I'm not an expert, I'm a fraud, blah, 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 instead of using the new way of thinking that you want to adopt, which is, I know enough, I am competent enough, I can absolutely do this. So basically, the strongest neurological pathway is where your mind is going to go and at first on autopilot if you don't catch yourself and that again is why it is so hard to shift from worry fear or limiting beliefs it's because your mind will automatically use the most common uh, habitual pathway even if it's an unhealthy pathway so automatically without even you realizing your thoughts will go to something negative negative. And kind of trick you into thinking that it's the absolute truth and that you should be worried when in fact it's just a habitual response based on your past conditioning. Now how do we overcome this? There are three things that we want to be doing and by the way this is exactly what we will talk about way more in depth in about two and a half weeks in a free three-day event of how to master your subconscious mind to manifest your dream life Um, there is no link yet at the time of the recording of this episode but all of you will get an email and they will be the link to sign up for the free event in the next podcast episode and maybe in the show notes if you actually if we update them after release so just check the show notes of this podcast episode the link might already be there so anyhow there are three things that we want to be doing to um, change fears and worry and limiting beliefs number one is becoming aware of it and it's so basic but it's so significant your mind will go on automatic pilot and think the old way if you don't catch yourself so we want to catch ourselves so we don't go there anymore we have to become aware of what we no longer want just like you would you know i don't know train a puppy you know exactly what you do want from the puppy and what you don't want you don't want the puppy to destroy everyone's shoes and bite uh people in the street so you're going to become aware of what you no longer want or patterns or uh, or behavior that are no longer desirable so first step is literally writing down all of the limiting beliefs or limited state state of being, states of being or emotions that you tend to feel on a daily basis that you no longer want to feel or believe or tune into. Write them down thoroughly and examples of how they show up in your life or examples of limiting beliefs that come up in your mind and in what specific situations they come up. So next time it happens, even if you don't have the power to change it because it's hard, at least you can tell yourself, okay, I'm having a scarcity thought about money and clients. This is an old limiting belief based on on old conditioning and I no longer want to believe this. So even if that's all you do or all you say, it is already going to make a significant difference difference because instead of entertaining and giving energy to that old pattern you're basically going to nip it in the bud by saying no I am aware that this is an old pattern that I no longer want to place my energy on and then you can divert your attention to something else. So step one is becoming aware of it. Step two is doing subconscious work because as we mentioned before Beliefs, emotions, patterns, blueprints are stored in our subconscious mind either by stuff that we learned when we were toddlers or even later in life. Any traumatic event or any event that triggered heightened emotions have beliefs and emotions associated to it that get registered in our subconscious mind because our subconscious subconscious mind's job is to protect us from a a threat to our survival so each time that something happens good or bad where we have heightened emotions it's as if you're opening the door to your subconscious mind to memorize everything that was learned during that event so it can try to protect you in the future Um, so we want to be doing change at the subconscious level because that is where all of these patterns and beliefs are programmed We also want to do change at the subconscious level because while affirmations and consciously trying to change can work, it's going to be swimming upstream because our analytical mind is going to reject any new information or new beliefs that are not really consistent with our reality. Our conscious mind is going to have a high hard time adopting healthier beliefs because it's going to overanalyze everything and look at our past to see if the new belief is valid um, and accurate. And of course, that if we look at our past that was basically influenced by past shitty beliefs, if we now want to adopt a new, healthy, abundant belief, but our conscious mind is going to analyze everything from our past, that is just not going to work. So to bypass the analytical mind that might reject some of these new, healthier affirmations, beliefs, and emotions, we want to work directly at the subconscious level. What we also want to do is work on releasing Trauma or any type of energetic disruption that could be perpetuating those limited state of beings, negative emotions, and limiting beliefs, um, and releasing them energetically or bringing peace to past trauma is a very powerful way to do that. Aspect number three to adopt a new belief. So, changing beliefs is very simple. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it is simple. To adopt a new belief and let go of an old one, we need to embody the new belief, meaning we are going to take action according to the new belief. So if my belief is, I don't know, I am successful at launching and people love my programs. Well, let's imagine that I absolutely knew that to be true. And it had happened numerous times in my life, right? That I'm successful at launching and people love my programs. Well, then the action I would naturally take is I would be launching pretty frequently because I know that I'm just so good at it and that people always buy my program. So I wouldn't even be worried when launching because I know it works. So if we want to adopt this new belief that launching always works and people buy my programs, I actually have to act upon it and fucking launch and assume that everyone is going to buy my program. And if it doesn't work, I just have to do it again until it works because my belief is now that people love my program. So, you know, if they didn't buy, it was because of some weird thing that happened. That doesn't mean anything bad. And I just need to do it again because eventually it's going to work. And that is how you adopt a new belief, by acting upon that belief. And it's not easy, right? And that's why we want to use the subconscious mind to do that. But as long as we don't adopt action consistent with the new belief, it is going to feed the old belief and the old belief is going to stay there or it keep growing. So this was it for today. Again, I will go much more into depth of exactly how to rewire, reprogram your subconscious mind and exactly how to let go of worry fear and limiting beliefs especially if you've been out of it for a while or you've been like in the game for a while and it hasn't worked the way you want and part of you is like is this ever going to work or part of you might have imposter syndrome being like yeah i'm teaching people how to do xyz but i haven't been able to apply it in my own life i've definitely been there done that it's not a nice feeling and we will cover all of that in the free three-day event uh, that is coming up in two and a half weeks and we will drop the link either in the show notes right here, depending on when you're listening. The, sh- the link will already be there or just stay tuned on my social media platforms. The link will be absolutely everywhere. Um, and my Instagram account is also in the show notes. So I hope that this was super helpful and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Now, if you want to experience the full power of your subconscious mind to manifest more abundance and more clients towards you while you sleep, I've got a gift for you, the Abundance Hypnosis Recording. It will help you let go of imposter syndrome and money blocks directly at the subconscious level and rewire your mind to energetically attract and manifest more abundance in clients. This recording has already helped thousands of women let go of deep-seated limiting beliefs and negative blueprints they didn't even know they had. And all you have to do is go to inespadar.ch slash abundance recording in one word. And of course, all of this is in the show notes. So see you next time on the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast.